Due to the subject matter of this week's pick, the following episode contains infrequent course language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Golly, Miss Lane, how can you get all the great stories? A good reporter doesn't get great stories, Jimmy. A good reporter makes, makes them great. great. Chief, here's that story on East Side Murder Case. The way I see it, it's a banner headline, front page, maybe my picture. There's only one P in rapist. My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on to your lariat. Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels, issue 121, the comic book show that's like washing down a bucket of peyote with a vat full of absinthe. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm David Longo. In this issue, Sci-Fi is preparing a new TV series following the adventures of Superman's granddad. At last, that Kryptonian gilf porn parody finally has a place. (laughs) Also, DC bases a new series of covers on films such as Magic Mike. We say, all right, all right, all right. Then we jingle Harley Quinn's bells, get visitation rights with Kelly Sue DeConnick's Gladiator Women in Space Prison, ponder a bedazzled Batgirl, and squee over mid-season finale madness in what we've been reading and watching. Plus... Our kick-ass personal pick of the week, Transmetropolitan Volume 1, Back on the Street, and Volume 2, Lust for Life by Warren Ellis and Derek Robertson. This is Behind the Panels. Yeah, that was, of course, uh, Transmetropolitan uh, by the Pogues, uh, which is this very musical thing. The, the book that we're doing this week, which is one of your favourites, mm-hmm. Dave, and thank you so much for bringing this to the table, is is Transmetropolitan. There's a big musical theme running through not just the titles of mm. the book, but references in, in Spider, Jerusalem's, Spider Jerusalem's columns and things like that as well. But we're going to get back to that mm-hmm. in the second half of the show, which I'm very much looking forward to this because, fellas, if you've never heard of this before, <laughs> we, look, dear listeners... If you haven't read it before, we're going to introduce you to the wonders that are spotted Jerusalem today. It so is testify. a gift it is from a gift. the comic gods. It is a gift from the comic Well, speaking of gifts from the comic gods, back in the 90s, the comic gods sounded a little bit like this. DC. Comics. Incredible. Action. Astonishing. Adventure. The coolest heroes. The hottest heroines. And the most outrageous villain for TV in the universe. These ain't your daddy's comic books, fanboy. The DC Comics. Comics on Parade. Visit us at our temporary location, 11 West Korea. Uh, that was 20 years ago. I think they probably moved by. <laughs> right, West Korea? <laughs> I looked on, on the actual video. It's like it, it's spelled C O R R A L I A or something like that. So I'm thinking, yeah, that's, heroes, heroes. Yeah, heroes. don't you love yes. it how everything back then needed an echo? Hey, yeah. echo. But it was not even echo, an echo, it was echo. a female voice. Voice, 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 voice. 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 <laughs> Oh, I love it. There's, there's it, also there's it, also a Marvel it. one as well. As, as well, well, as well. well. <laughs> <laughs> Could we do the whole show? Like whole this? show, like whole this, show. this, this. What have I started? started, started, started. Uh, there's a Marvel one as well, so I'll make sure I bring that uh, down the track sometime. Down the track, down the track. <laughs> Quiet, you. You, you, you. Do it in post, Dave. <laughs> oh, to hell with you all. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. Read between the lines, bitch. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Completely unrehearsed, people. And we we just heard another echo, which was Sam Raimi's Spider-Man with that theme there. (laughs) That's true. If we get a chance, we're going to talk about Mm Spider-Man a little bit later, but... Uh, a bunch of stuff came out this week. 
Probably the biggest number one that came out this week was not a DC or Marvel book. It was Bitch Planet uh, mm. by uh, Kelly Sudaconic, our friend of panels, Kelly Sudaconic. And I'm, I'm trying to get, I might see if we can get her back on again next year because I'd really like to see, get her to do a pick. Uh, but no promises, people. Mm. But we have her contact details. She's Wednesday. very busy. Yes, She's very busy. But uh, Bitch Planet is her latest uh, indie creator owned comic. And uh, it's a bit of classic 70s exploitation. And in, in the interview, we actually. She did with Kelly, so she did talk about the fact that she loved exploitation yeah, films, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially prison films. And lo and behold, here it comes. That's right. Um, and it is a really good read. I really enjoyed this. My God, this book is fun. This um, is, yeah. Yeah, so this is basically 70s prison, female prison film, but set in the future. If you look at I mean, if you look at the color cover, it's got, <laughs> are you woman enough to survive? Bitch planet. Girl <laughs> gangs, caged and enraged. So it's basically... You, 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 it's you, totally you, Grindhouse. Oh, a complete Grindhouse cover there. Uh, so look, this is... It's basically... Uh, it starts off and you think the story's going to go one way. It's going to be this like woman wrongfully accused in prison and it's going to be her story mm. uh, until we get somebody else introduced very late in the issue and it becomes their story... And then it comes very firmly into the grindhouse tradition by that stage. So I'm just going to try and wrap my head around this as well because it feels like they're trying to do like some sort of reality thing. It seems that way. Yeah, because it's like but they're almost kind of auditioning a, prisoners. You know, it's like, but that that's a revelation doesn't really come until the back half of the issue. Yeah. Really. So yeah. And and as I said, as you said, there's this beautiful turnaround where it's not what you think it is. No. At all. And and that's what I love about this book. And, like, you know, uh, we love Kelly Sue's writing. Mm. Uh, we've loved her on the mainstream stuff on Captain Marvel, of course, and when she was doing Avengers Assemble. Um, we had mixed results with Pretty Deadly, but this seems to be kind of where her passion is. This is, is. a nice return yeah. for me. I was I – was not entirely sold on Pretty Deadly. I admired um, the hell out of it because yeah. it was a ballsy pretty book. book. It's a pretty book mm. and pretty deadly. Uh, but I lo- <laughs> look, I love the idea of, of a book, a surrealist book, you know, being narrated by a dead rabbit. Mm. You know, talking to a butterfly. I, lo- I love. I love the the. You know, it actually worked better in concept than it did in execution, though, and that was the problem. I, I thought so as well. But, but this, this, this is, is like this is Kelly Sue back in form, and yes, I, I love really this. enjoyed this. Yeah, I can't wait for issue two. Mm, uh, me either. So it's going to be fantastic. A uh, bunch of stuff. Look, it, it's starting to get lighter on in the year because we are in December and we still got the regular issues coming out. But I think there's, there are actually books shipping on like New Year's Eve as well this year. So, uh, which we won't cu- get to cover until next year because we'll say now our final show for the year that we will be released on about the 23rd of December, thereabouts. So just in time for Christmas, that will be our Christmas. Ep- actually, no, that's the last one. Last proper show that will be released. That'll be our Christmas special. And then we've got one more after that, which uh, we won't record uh, towards the end of the month, but will be released probably towards the end of the month. It'll be our award special, which is what we, te- we tend to do uh, around this time of year. So you've got two more issues after this, people. Mm. Then you're going to have a little break from us. And so, then we're back next year. Then we're back next year, and then we'll start the whole process again when we might be in your hometown. Um, <laughs> really, more <laughs> hint, on that later. Hint, hint. Uh, Spider-Man and the X-Men. I want to quickly talk about that one. This is the replacement to Wolverine and the X-Men because, you know, spoilers, Wolverine's dead. Oh, <laughs> uh, <and>, man! Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil the death of Wolverine for anyone if you haven't read it. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's interesting because it's actually got a really comedic tone to it. It's like Spider-Man coming in and, and, and they ask all the same questions that we're asking, but he's not a mutant. Why is he teaching at the school? Mm. And he's, he's there teaching superhero ethics and he keeps pulling out the but comes great responsibility you know <laughs> and it's interesting but then they're bringing this whole thing and he, they basically it's Spider-Man and a group of mutants that we don't know they're all mutant kids so I don't know it's 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 kind of stretching you know the X-Men feels like? concept it feels like then. filler it, it, it feels like until they can crack Wolverine out of the statue and it is know. totes filler it's totes filler it, speaking of which Batgirl 37 uh, look, I, I read five. 37. Was it amaze? Was it amaze balls? Because I haven't it had a chance to read. Really it. Really was. <laughs> was it amaze balls? It, it, it was. <laughs> Our, look, he gets a, a, a weekly mention. John Day uh, used the phrase this week about one of the season finales, saying, "I think he said it was totes amaze balls with awesome sauce uh, served up with a side of phenomenade." <laughs> so, uh, tip of the hat. Phenomenade. To you, sir. I love now, that. That's got to be new. That's, that's added. That's been added into the the phone dictionary now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batgirl thirty seven. I I read five pages of this and put it down because I just thought I can't do another text heavy. Like it was that real kind of 
someone's idea of what 20-somethings do. Like, like they text a lot and they go shopping and that literally seems to be all Batgirl does when she's not Batgirling. And even the villains have become really like Snapchat heavy and stuff. It's like, you're trying too hard, Is that people. what you're saying? Batgirling? Bat, sorry? <laughs> said, Bat, which is, which not, is not Batgirling. Which yeah. is not Batgirling. <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, turn, I can turn anything into a verb or an adjective, David. That's my superpower. Ah, oh, cool. Um, but... I don't know, I had a problem with this issue, but then I picked it up again because a bunch of uh, sites were were commenting on how their approach to transgender characters had completely undone all the really hard work that Gail Simone had done in characterization. That Barbara Gordon was someone who would meet someone transgender and kind of go, hey, you know, let's talk, you know, and it, and, and who was someone really... Mm. And this one, like, she's confronted with someone transgender. She's like, oh, you're a man! And it's like, she doesn't actually <laughs> say you're a man. The sentence starts, you're a... Because, like, they, they chicken out and they can't actually commit to, to having a stance on it. They just have a transgender villain. And a lot of people uh, complained that, um, uh, that Cameron Stewart, uh, who is one of the writers... Uh, has just sort of tokenized that to make it a, a shocking thing, to throw it into a book that has little substance to start with. And it's probably true because he even recognizes that himself. He knew it was going to be controversial. He tweeted out saying, this is our newsroom moment. And if you've been following the controversy around newsroom, there was a rape episode recently. Um, and the right, apparently someone got kicked out of the writer's room over that. There's all this sort of stuff like Aaron Sorkin's. People you know. really got to calm down. It's This is one of those weird things. The reaction against this issue has actually been, this is one of the few times why I will say, calm down people because I think they were reaching with this issue uh, but I think there is a there's a wider conversation to be had about DC and representation in their books generally because it's all gotten very vanilla over there at DC at the moment we'll say so anyway that's a bigger question but the issue itself like you might read a bit of controversy about this one on the web the issue itself not that good uh, well, not, that would that kind of sums up Batgirl since yeah, and i and I can officially say now I'm out. <coughs> I've, I've given it three issues and I'm mm. out. So I I'm, will read this one because this will be my third of this new series. I'm, I was kind of out on the first one. I was too, but I, I, I have to, I have to, I'll give it a go. Yeah, give it a go. Mm. But I'm, I'm now. It is not for me. Like I was just so. Fr- the only reason I went back to it was because of the all the net commentary about right. it. Um, I also read Harley Quinn Holiday Special Number One. Yes. <laughs> Why not? And it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's the Christmas book that we should have done next week, but um, we're doing we're doing Krampus next week mm-hmm. instead. I'm looking forward uh, to that. But this is this is good. This is Christmas came a little early with this one, and uh, Harley Quinn Christmas. You cannot go wrong. In the first, there's three stories, and they're different artists. In the first one, she's trying to she finds a gray hair, and she says she's trying to track down Father Time to stop <laughs> the course of time. But she just finds some guy in a nursing home named Time, and 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 attacks him. Um, but then, like a baby pulls her hair out, it pulls her gray hair out, and she's like, "Oh, you're the New Year's baby, and you've made you've turned time back." I'm like, "So it's, it's it's nutty as hell, but it's just it's great." And there's a couple of other little stories in there as well, and it's 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 fun. It's kind of like in this sort of same spirit as the um, the Comic Con special. I was going to say, it shows you how popular this new book is, though, because not only has it had all of its issues, but it's already had an annual. annual. It's already had a Future's End. It's already had yeah, the Comic Con special, and it's got a Christmas special on top of that. Yeah. It's like, they're getting out as many as they can. And they've just announced her for a film. So yeah. it's like Harley Quinn is, is the unlikely hottest property that DC's got right now. Yeah. So more power to it. Um, speaking of annuals, though, the Guardians of the Galaxy um, had its first annual uh, this week. And it's, it's a really good issue. Um, it's it's just it's well, you stop telling the story of how he survived the cancer verse now. <laughs> yeah. so you know we it's, can move on. No, because they, they this is this is basically like a throwback to the old Kree scroll, scroll war. And there's a whole sort of ends up being a slightly comedic story that comes out of that. So it's 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 Bendis writing comedy, and it's kind of the opening pages reminded me of because it's like it's 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 Captain Marvel talking to camera. So it's kind of reminded me of his oh, Avengers back to run. Avengers days. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it felt like his Avengers run stuff. It felt like that kind of style of writing. And I thought, that's what I want this series to be like every month. And it's not, hasn't and been. And if people don't remember what we're talking about, this was when he was doing the Avengers run, and we got into. Uh, fear itself. Yes, and he didn't really want to drag that all into fear itself as well. So the way he got around it was he just had stories being told yes. straight to camera of people just telling their accounts of it, and it was gripping stuff. It was brilliant. It was so well written. Two two very weird books I read this week. One's called Lady Demon. It's a dynamite book, and it's about it's it's very it feels the the the, the vibe to it is a little bit Nancy in Hell. Um, I'm it's, there. It's got it's got this this woman who who realizes she wakes up next to a dead boyfriend and realizes there's a demon literally inside her trying to get out, and it's made her sort of slightly immortal. 
and all the stuff that they do in hell. And and she can, I'm just showing you the art here, the outfit that she's getting around in. You oh, can see I'm it, it's, definitely in. It's very Nancy and Hellas. This yeah. is Dynamite, so there's a lot of skimpy outfits there. I also just got directed recently to something called the Hawkeye Project. Uh, just speaking of this kind of skimpy art, where people take their sort of impossible poses that the women are in in, in, in various things and they've redone them with male characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So look up the Hawkeye Project online. It's, it's hilarious. It's really, really good. Uh, there's another book that came out this week called Eternal, um, which uh, came out through Boom Studios. Boom! Uh, boom! Wait a minute. Do it again. Came out through... Do it again. Boom! Boom, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> <laughs> And that, that's actually really interesting. The, 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 the art on this thing is, is, is quite is, – is what I was really interested in. Uh, Giovanni Valletta did the art on this and the, and the colours by Adam Metcalf are uh, phenomenal. Phenomenade. Um, Phenomenade. Uh, but uh, William Harms writes this one. It seems to be about – like it's, it's a future where cloning has been perfected and people can jump – like can kill themselves and then wake up like four hours later in a cloned version of their body. And so it's kind of got that as the, as the starting off point. And there's all these like suicide cults that, that people are just killing themselves together for fun. So, and and it's, it goes off in different directions from there. But I like the setup. I just don't know where it's actually going. And I didn't it's not find- vaguely mental, really. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I like mental. So that's but it, it, I didn't really fully get into it, but it's an interesting new release. And I, and I like that Boomer doing a lot of these, these interesting little- some of the, Someone actually said to me the other day, the best sci-fi at the moment is being done in comics. Mm. And we are getting a shit ton mm. of uh, sci-fi at the moment. Look, and I'm, I'm willing to give Boom a much- I'm willing to give Boom yeah. a much wider berth as well. Because Boom was responsible for doing uh, things like- um, uh, uh, oh, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, irredeemable. Irredeemable. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Incorruptible. Uh, and incorruptible, yeah. and irredeemable, and so forth. And a bunch of their stuff's been picked. Up, I think, like they, they did two guns and things like that, mm. and they've been adapted. So, they're, so they're Boom actually is, making a bit of progress. Boom has actually done some really good stuff. Yeah. Dynamite, I sit on the fence with because Dynamite mm. vaguely feels like exploitation comics. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it, there's a, I mean, every now the, and again, the they'll do something really amazing, like when Smith did his, mm-hmm. what is it, 12 issues of, of, um, of Green, uh, Green Hornet, Hornet and the boys, yes. which was really fantastic. But then they just kept it going after that, and it yeah. fell apart. You know, and it's like so. Every now and again, they'll do something really good, and you sit there and go, "Yeah, we're we're with you." Dynamite. Dynamite have got some good licenses as well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they I've got to say, um, they're. Uh, reworking of some of their uh, pulpy stuff is yeah, yeah, really yeah. good. The shadow is fantastic. Yes. Oh, the latest. There's a the, shadow year one that's out. That's quite good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And de- are they responsible? I'm not sure for the resurgence of the Phantom is coming back. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, I Phantom think it is. issue one came out last week, I believe. Which studio released that? Does anybody? Remember? I have a weird feeling. You're right. It is Dynamite. Is that Dynamite? I think that's I'm going to look that the... up while you talk about yeah. the next thing. Now, what's coming out next week is a couple of really great things. Multiversity Thunderworlds so and the next Multiversity chapter is coming out. Can't wait for that. As a, I think that uh, this is speaking of Boom Rocket Salvage number one's coming out. Batman thirty seven. Mm-hmm. Because I'm finally so back on board with Batman, it's not mm-hmm. funny. Because the last yep. issue was terrific. The last mm-hmm. two issues, I think so. Have yeah. been terrific. Just a correction. The Phantom uh, is actually an independent. It's actually oh, okay. it's a Canadian company and it's called HP. Okay. okay. So who knows? Well, oh, go. King Features. Okay. It's part of King Features. King Features, so. there we go. Okay, well, the, yep, that makes sense. Hmm. Uh, Justice League 37 is coming out. They've got a really interesting story with their Amazo virus that's running through there at the moment. Amazeballs? Amazeballs <laughs> virus, yeah. Uh, speaking of holiday specials, we've got the Flash Gordon holiday special coming Finally. out. Finally. All right. We've all been waiting for this. Image has got a new book coming out called Rumble. And there's a new book coming out from Titan. Uh, we don't often give them uh, attention, but they've got a new book coming out called Mono. Uh, they've been doing some great stuff lately because they've got Doctor Who license. Uh, so Titan's actually right, sort of right, right. come back into to my wheelhouse. Is this wheelhouse. the same Titan that produces actual books as well? The same Titan publishing? I think I think so. Yeah, right. I think they're the same. So Titan does some really good movie. There's, there's, books. there's a couple of. I'm not sure. It's, there's a UK Titan. I'm not sure if it's the same Titan. But right, that's the one I'm thinking of. Is UK Titan? Yeah, I, th- I think that is the UK Titan because they're doing the, the, the Doctor Who license. But they seem to be publishing in the states for this stuff, so I'm right, not quite right. sure. Okay. I'll have to. That's something to research yeah. next episode. But we've also been in front of the television a lot this week because it's mid-season finale week. We're going to tell you about what we've been watching. I've been watching you a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 long. Long, 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 long. <laughs> nice. Uh, we should okay. release a clip of us just dancing. <laughs> That'll be a YouTube sensation. Actually, if you want to see video of us online, uh, look up uh, geeks reacting. Or go go to our uh, close to two thousand. Two thousand. 
kidding me? <laughs> Close to 2000. It's basically us sitting still for two minutes watching the Star Wars trailer. <laughs> I'd seconds. like to point out that I, if, um, I actually favorited it, so I think it's on our channel as one of the favorites on that channel. I actually went digging into YouTube and found a whole bunch of people reacting. Yeah. And there's one in particular, which is a dad sitting there surrounded by kids in front of a laptop. And he's going, here it comes, here it comes. And he's got the dorkiest look on his face. And he's so excited. And all the other kids are like, yeah, dad, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's had almost 18,000 hits. That's nice. I can't believe we had 2,000. I'm no, just getting amazing. the exact number. I think it's close to 2,000. Because it was only like 800 last time I looked. Anyway, um, mid-season finales. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'll start with that one. Uh, because Agents of Shield is a show that we've sort of uh, had had uh, ups and downs with over the last year and a half, but this season has just sort of shot out of the gate immediately and has been strong the whole way through. Two thousand three hundred and four. No, yes, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Look, uh, I think I think more than two thousand people watched Agents of Shield mid season finale. Oh my because god! Something happened. Are we allowed to spoil things yet? I not yet. Not two yet. weeks. There is two weeks. Look, at the moment, there's there's been a a a thing that they've been building up to with Sky, uh, which pays off in the final All I'm going to say is for those who, because we we've speculated over the last few weeks, I'm not going to say what it is. All I'm going to say is all those speculations were true. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it, and, but aside from that, it was an impeccably uh, mounted episode. Yes. It, it had a lot of comedy in it, particularly with Patton Oswalt. There was two Patton Oswalt's in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had some amazing action stuff and an amazing plane sequence as well in there. And and the payoff at the end, and and with the, the the revelation of who the aliens are and what that leads to, is just comic book gold. And we know that's going to lead straight into Age of Ultron and one of the films in the cinematic slate that was mm-hmm. announced recently. But even bigger with the two se- mid season finales for the Flash and Arrow. Now you haven't seen Arrow yet. No, so I'm watching I'll- Arrow tonight. So I'm, I'm re- and everybody is telling me I'm a moron because I haven't watched it yet. But Life gets in the it's, way. It's true. You are a moron. But the, so well, without, without spoiling, start with that one. Let's get that out of the way. The Arrow one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Arrow uh, has been building up to... I mean, the whole season has been built around the death of Sarah. Mm. Uh, so this is kind of uh, an accumulation of who killed Sarah. And it leads up to a confrontation with a character that, that is pretty big in... Uh, well, we've already established yeah. it. We saw him a couple of episodes Okay, ago. so we yeah. know Razagul is who this <laughs> yeah. has been leading to. And it's been in all the ads. Uh, so basically, the the episode ends with a fight between those two, and I'm not going to spoil that for you. It was almost spoiled for me, but man, you know, it it is an, it is an amazing episode. But we also get um, the revelation of uh, the costume of another character um, in mm-hmm. there as well. And, and we've also had a lifting from the producer saying, you know, maybe we will have some superpowers in this. And so. I suspect the way they're going to resolve the end of this episode. Uh, which probably won't get resolved when they come back on the first episode, uh, is going to have to involve something more than than uh, your regular mm. mortals. So it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be interesting. But speaking of irregular mortals, speaking of metahumans, a show that has no problem with metahumans, not one one is, iota of a problem is the Flash. Come on, let, let's let's tick it off. We get in this episode, we get. The reverse flash. Yes. And that's like opening scene. Yes. Opening scene, you get reverse flash and they go, two days earlier or whatever it was, you know. <laughs> I, I, I can't flash look, fight. Flash fight. At high speed. At high speed. I'm not, I'm not the biggest flash fan in the world. Sorry, Alicia. Um, but I I squeed seeing this happening on screen. And then, then there's another DC character that's introduced in the middle of, towards the end of this episode. Well, he's introduced earlier. I think we can actually say, because this has been all over the... We won't say what happens with him, but we no. can just say, mother freaking Firestorm. It's Firestorm. You know, it's We've Firestorm, had- dude. <laughs> Which is actually significant, because all the other metahumans that have turned up uh, in the in the series so far have been villains. Yes, this is the first uh, hero meta, meta and human Facebook up. today. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who it was, but somebody posted a picture on Facebook today from next half of the season, yeah. which actually shows from a distance, so it's not a clear shot. Firestorm's costume. Oh man, Ooh. so it's going to be cool. And you know that the guy playing Firestorm is Robbie Amell, who's Stephen Amell's cousin. Yes. So and there's also a picture on Facebook, which is the two actors, because those who know Firestorm know it's yes. actually two people. Two people. It's a it's a older scientist dude fused with the bo- with the body of um, I forget the character's name. All of a sudden, Ronnie Raymond. Ronnie Raymond. Thank you. Um, and inside his head, they're always talking to each other. And uh, there was a post, a picture posted on Facebook, which is the two actors standing nice. together. So it's like they're going the whole hog with Firestorm. This is uh, look, fla- look 
both shows have got it right. Uh, Arrow's built a really nice universe because they've got and there's there's a great throw, throwaway gag in in the crossover where they're talking about uh, how Flash names all their their mm. villains. And they say, you know, and the Arrow people are saying that's ridiculous. And they says, oh, yeah, how's, how's it going over there with Deathstroke? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's the Flash The Flash has had no problem with, like, throwing in metahumans and, and villains and, and really familiar characters from the comics, like, from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. But Arrow's slowly built this world up to a point where they can start introducing things from all over the DCU and it's now it just like yeah that makes sense sure mm-hmm. of course of course that character is going to turn up now you know I like and I, there was actually a moment where I was just sitting and went wow watching Arrow and it was a very little moment it was just a moment where it was like Arrow in costume Roy in costume yeah, and and other somebody else there as well I can't remember who it was all just standing around in 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 and Ollie's headquarters talking and I thought this is the comics this is this is yeah, like yeah. you know this is this is on screen happening live and it's like wow. I live in an age where there's a Green Arrow live action TV show happening in front of my eyes and it's like phenomenal. It's like kind of the same reaction we had when we just saw them in explaining the Infinity Gems in mm, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's yeah. like, oh shit, this is happening. Like, we're not worthy. <laughs> we're not. We're not. Yeah. We, we are so lucky yeah. to be living in this age. So the question is, did anybody watch a Gotham mid-season finale? Nope. <laughs> I'm about three or four weeks. I'm, even I'm three or four weeks behind with that and I was determined to keep And I'm further ahead than you are. But oh, I'm what what would their cliffhanger three episodes. Been, huh? yeah. <laughs> He's still not Batman. Yeah. <laughs> no, he'll look up at the moon. Maybe like a bat, a bat flies through Bruce's window, and that that could be it. I don't know. Um, but no, no, every every season finale for the rest of the thing is like a different animal flies through <laughs> Bruce's window. It's like a pigeon flies through. He's like, nah, nah. Um, <laughs> remind me uh, the voodoo guy in Constantine. Uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Remember in the movie? They go to his club, Midnight. Oh, Dr. Midnight. Dr. Midnight. Yeah. Constantine TV series, Dr. Midnight's come into it That's now. okay. They're going to cancel it anyway. No, apparently they have canceled it. They put it into hiatus, yeah. which is bad news. It ain't coming back. Uh, it's still got episodes coming out at the moment. I think it goes up to eight or something like that. Speaking of news. Let's do it. Marvel has confirmed that the upcoming issue of Star Wars number one will sell over one million copies based on pre-orders, making it the top-selling single issue of the last 20 years. Tom Taylor will depart DC's Injustice Gods Among Us comic from digital chapter number 15 to be replaced with Brian Buccalato in January? It wasn't me for once. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Conway returns to The Amazing Spider-Man next year for a five-part storyline called Spiral. You killed Gwen Stacy! (laughs) Beginning with Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man 16.1 and running through to 20.1. They couldn't give him whole numbers? You bastard. Uh, DC's March variant cover theme will be based on classic movies, including Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No way. Way. Uh, Free Willy. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Uh, The Fugitive. The Matrix, Westworld, Magic Mike, all right, all right, all right, and more. Sci-fi will enlist David S. Goyer and Ian Goldberg to create Superman (laughs) origin series Krypton, following the Man of Steel's grandfather. (laughs) Wow, snooze. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get back to that later. Jeff Johns has confirmed via Twitter that a pilot for the Teen Titans TV series will be shot for TNT next year, completing DC's network bingo. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Hamill will reprise his role as the trickster in an upcoming episode of The Flash. And finally, Blair Underwood will join the cast of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Melinda May's estranged ex when the series returns next year. Hey, we perfectly timed that Nice news. timing, sir. Uh, there's a couple of things we want to talk about uh, quickly that's not in the news. Uh, we, I have to mention this story that's been floating around this week. Go and check out BehindThePanels.net if you haven't seen this story, which is um, that the leaked Sony emails and, and, and stuff that's been mm. hacked from Sony uh, revealed two bits of comic trivia news one that negotiations were happening for marvel and sony to work together to have spider-man not only in civil war but to have a trilogy of spider-man films produced uh by uh marvel studios but you know creative control and distribution still retained with things we will never see things we will never see although i think all we need is you know somebody to completely stuff things up over at sony and go yeah you know what let's do that 
Um, Boy, sounds of nature coming through. Can you hear the crickets? <laughs> <laughs> Is that how boring we are? We can already hear crickets. No, it's the problem that happens um, when you record at night. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, what was the other uh, bit? Of, oh, that's right. There's going to be a crossover between 22 jump, 21 Jump Street and Men in Black. Which, I want to see this. Which I think is the greatest idea ever made. Take all my money. No, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can have my money. The other thing I wanted to play was something that this, this is the thing that popped up um, earlier in the week for me. And it, 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 this is just to, to make things a little bit serious for a little while. Um, it's, a, it's a topic that's very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, and it has, it has a, a superhero theme. Now, there was a, 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 a performance poet named Brenda Tuhi who did something earlier in the year. It was about um, uh, internet porn. And she started off talking about Harry Potter and, and slash fic and that sort of stuff. And it was quite funny, quite heart-wrenching. And she became kind of a, an internet instant internet sensation, much like Neil Hilborn. But this one, I thought, resonated really closely to the stuff uh, that we talk about and some of the stuff that people have been writing uh, to me about in the last six months or so. And forgive me, the clip is a little bit long, but um, I think it's, it's, it's really worthwhile paying this off. So uh, here's uh, Brenda Tui with a piece called, uh, I believe it's called uh, something about Harvey Dent, I'll get, bring up the full name of the, uh, the title of the poem when I finish playing it. The best part of having superpowers is that most of the time, other people do not even know that you have them. Like when Peter Parker goes paintballing, people just think he is a really awesome paintballer, and he totally gets away with using his spidey senses. And when Aquaman is on OK Cupid and he says, I spend a lot of time thinking about global warming... People just think he is a conscientious dude. And on the days that I get out of bed and put on appropriate workplace attire and eat three meals, none of which are hot pockets, people can't even tell that right then, at that moment, I am using my superpowers. Anxiety is your body's response to perceived danger, and mine is so strong you would have to call it a superpower. It never gives up. It is always looking for a fight. It is the fiercest part of me. When Rogue found out what her touch could do to anyone who got close to her, she crafted herself a costume to keep anyone from ever touching her skin. After I did not die for the second time, I learned how to make this urgent flame look like a lantern, how to make this hurricane alarm come out like a poem. If you think I am brave, it is because you have never seen me out of costume, would not even recognize me outside of this armor. I know what my touch can do to the people close to me, to the lover who said, I just can't handle you when you get like this. There is a reason that panic attacks are not called panic fair fights. They will come for you when you are sleeping, when you are in the grocery store, when you are making love with someone and it could not be more perfect. They are the worst kind of villain, creeping in unnoticed until you are surrounded, until you cannot imagine any superpower that could ever overcome it, until you have to explain to the doctor, it's not that I have mental illness, it's just that I have trouble breathing when I leave my house. I have spent years just like Spider-Man, convinced that the best way to protect the people who loved me was to leap from a tall building. When you have mental illness, Society tells you your only power is invisibility. Tells you that they would save you if only they could see you. But of course, they cannot see you. Of course, they will not save you, no matter how bright you sew your cape. Invisibility is not a superpower. It is the best weapon of a broken system, desperate to make their streets look clean. But if you think I am brave, just wait until you see me out of costume. I am done wearing the mask of having it together. Believe me when I tell you I know what it is to fight monsters. I I know how strong an ordinary human has to be. Yeah, that kind of just blew me away this week when I listened to that. And like for anyone who has suffered depression or anxiety and has had to put on that costume to the world and it doesn't seem like a major deal, it is. It is tough sometimes getting up in the morning and putting on that thing. And she says, you know... uh, Get just merely getting out of bed and and eating three meals a day can be as much of a superpower as uh, and people don't realize that it's a superpower. And I think one of the most powerful lines in there was, "If you think I'm brave, it's because you have never seen me outside a costume." And it really resonated to me because a listener wrote in to me this week and actually was asking me about um, my depression uh, and stuff that I've had in the last year. There was a reason we didn't record for about six weeks between mm-hmm. uh, May and June this year, um, and actually said to me. Uh, 
they, they, they said they found it comforting to know even the best of us uh, are defeated sometimes, uh, referring to us, seeing us as people that they looked up to because we have a show. And I just when I find something like this, I just find we have a responsibility in some ways mm. just to share this stuff with you because you know we, sometimes we forget it sitting here in the studio, but we have an audience um, and we're real people at the end of this thing as well. So if you have ever feelings like this, if you don't feel as though you've got people to talk to and, uh, and, you, and you do feel as though there's no one out there, there are lots of places you can talk to. Lifeline Australia, there is Suicide Prevention Australia as well. I, wanna, I, I take any, every opportunity to say talk to people, talk to mm. people, reach out. Uh, that was just bringing the mood down a little bit, but it was just something that was really important to me. So thank you for indulging me on that. And if you want to go and check that out, the poem is called um, In Which I Do Not Fear Harvey Dent. Um, and it's Brenda Tuohy. Uh, her surname is spelled Brenna Tuohy, and her surname is spelled T-W-O-H-Y. That's like the film director, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I think so. Uh, like like David Tuohy? Da- uh, David yeah, Tuohy. director of yeah. Black, yeah. Yeah, so... Thank you for indulging me on that. No, it was um, beautiful, actually. And uh, but I think it's time we go into a little bit of madness now <laughs> um, and explore the world of Spider Jerusalem in our pick of the week. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's it's awfully funny. <laughs> it's the pick of the week. Meet Spider Jerusalem. Renegade god, king of gonzo journalism of the future. Hater of authority, corruption, and dogs. And with an exotic cocktail of drugs coursing through his veins, he returns to his old newspaper job, just in time to stop a riot, watch a copious amount of television, and avoid contracts for his life from his frozen ex-wife and a castrated police dog. Introduced by writer Warren Ellis and artist Derek Robertson back in 1997, this is a pure punk rock-fueled fistful of the fantastic. This is Transmetropolitan. Oh, let's just play that little. Let's keep that playing under there for a little while. Ah, <laughs> uh, here I got comes. Ah, uh, here comes Johnny Yan again. <laughs> liquor and drugs and a flesh machine. It's actually interesting because that song was a reference to William S. Burroughs' story, mm. uh, which is kind of appropriate because th- this. Spider Jerusalem is kind of the Hunter S. Thompson mm-hmm. of the future, yes. <laughs> of an indeterminate future and uh, at a time when no one know, knows what year it is. Dave, this is your personal pick, mm. and you describe this to as possibly your favorite comic of all time. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> dude, take I knew it away. I knew it was coming to this. I've, yeah. been, I've been thinking the whole week: how am I going to take <laughs> take it? You know, how am I going to talk about Transmetropolitan? Well, I guess Hunter S. Thompson is a great starting point. I mean. I'm a huge fan of that gonzo journalist and yeah, that, yeah. The, that kind of style of journalism. I read Hell's Angels and Fear and Loathing and, and all that stuff. Then there's the, you know, um, oh, where do you start with Transmetropolitan? Where do you start? <laughs> Why okay. don't we start with okay. him coming down from the mountain? Okay. <laughs> I also really liked fucked up, messed up shit. Yeah. And this is fucked up and messed up. Oh, I think that's fair to say. And oh, we- I really like funny, hilarious things. Yeah. And I find this to be incredibly funny. And I like things that are intelligent and, and witty and have things to say, have yes. messages. And so, like, journalism itself is a big element of this story. Yeah. And it is it is journalism in motion. It is gonzo journalism. What you're reading is about our real life. Even though it's set in the crazy future, it has really strong messages about life. And because it's, it's art, it can also be funny. It also could be messed up and it could be... Everything. It's also iconic. Mm. The artwork is amazing. It's a brilliant character piece. Like you, you could just go on forever and ever and ever about it. I think. And and I think the interesting. It's thing- my ultimate comic book. If I had to take a comic book onto a desert island, it would or- be, it would be Lust for Life. Yeah. I mean, look, this is, and it's definitely- just like the, like the the detail of the world. It's. Uh, I just. But I've been sitting here the whole week going. I don't know what the hell to say about it. I'm dying to hear what it's. What my two friends think it's, about it's, it. It's kind of you know, hard. I've to, been waiting for you guys to read it for I was years. Like, this, yeah, yeah, well, this is exactly what I was thinking about yeah. this morning. The fact that 
this is one of those books that I have been thinking about reading for years. And you develop in your head a version of what the book is going to be like uh, based on you know the, the, the images that you see and, and the reputation it gets. And then you read it and it's exactly what you think <laughs> it's going to be. And it's brilliant. Mm. And, and it's interesting that you talk about the journalism aspect of it. Like this is 1997. So internet's only you know, popular for popular you know, internet. It's only a couple of years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we think of in terms of the World Wide th- Web. And, 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 and at this point... Nobody thought real journalists Listen, were losing yeah. jobs. This, this, this is when blogging was a joke. Yeah, you know, uh, and this is. But it's so it's so like it's Warren Ellis saw the future. Yeah, you know, because Spider Jerusalem is like you know the only journalist people listen to, and yeah. that's kind of like what it is today. There are barely any journalist people yeah. listen to, only the strong ones. And it, the and ones that squeeze the balls, as, yeah. as he would say. And the thing is, he, he is this sort of like, I mean, he is Hunter S. Thompson, but there's there's so many other literary influences from him as well. Mm. Like he starts off looking every bit Alan Moore coming mm-hmm. down from the mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You there's know. actually um, a thing in one of the introductions for one of the later volumes where it says, like, I, w- I want to dedicate the work to Grant Morrison and Garth Ennis because yeah. they make me better writers. Yeah, yeah. And, I should have seen one of these, actually. It might even be uh, volume three because I've read that. Yeah. I think so, yeah. So. And, yeah, and so it's like he's... He is Grant Morrison in a way, you know. Yeah. He, he is Warren Ellis in a big way. Yeah, he, yeah. he is, and it, it is because like because he's a writer as well. And he starts off with like having a big hit. He's, mm-hmm. he's had a big hit, and then just kind of taken the money and pissed it all away on drugs <laughs> and gone and lived in the mountains and then forgotten how he can't write because he's not in the city anymore. Mm. And he comes back to the city, which is the you know the city. Yeah, you know, has no name. It's just the city, and it's just this weird messed up place. Where literally anything, anything goes. goes. Yeah. Yeah. Anything goes. If you want to be a half alien, half robot yeah. thing, or just become a cloud. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> that, it's, that, it's that kind of you brilliant can. way of looking at things, though. It's yeah. like, you know, well, we've developed the anti-cancer pill. So, of, yeah. course, of course, everybody smokes cigarettes. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> if you don't start, you know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's that kind like of like the fact that even warping. his maker, his, 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 for all intensive purposes, his his uh, uh, replicator. Roy. Oh yeah, um, is on drugs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Machine on drugs. And you know, there's the running gag that his editor is constantly asking when the next piece is going to mm. be. Yeah. And he's off having all these other adventures and, and saying there's a story in this. I don't think he, mm. uh, you, you very rarely see him sitting down to write, but you get bits and pieces of his writing as mm. you go through. And he's got this long suffering. Uh, assistant that, that that kicks off yep. at the start of this, and I know there's somebody Shannon else. Come, yeah, yeah, and somebody else comes down along the line as like a, a bodyguard slash mm-hmm. uh, uh, assistant as well. But the 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 main thrust of this is that he, I mean, the first story is like that real embedded journalism thing. It's that really there's a there's a riot starting. There's this very uh, apparently the 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 character that that uh, is it Fred Christ yep uh, <laughs> the Church of Christ the Church of Christ <laughs> is this very Malcolm McLaren esque figure apparently he mm. used to be you know rock guy and he's turned into sort of this messianic figure that's running this thing and he's kind of like gra- what well, they've, they've grafted half of alien DNA into themselves yeah. or something and mm. they're in the process yeah. of changing, changing. Uh, yeah. so this is the kind transhumans. of the transhumans so you've got this kind of sort of parallel Let, let's can we just say it's like I think a good point of reference for this is Futurama Yes, and, and it's it's as if Futurama was made by just the most messed up people. Yeah, yeah. No, it really is like yeah. that. World feels like you know you've just suddenly stepped and it's ultra into... science fiction. Like it's real, real hard science it's fiction. It's hard sci-fi, yeah. yeah. And you've stepped into this world, and it's kind of like our world, mm. but everything's taken to its, to its a, illogical extreme. extreme. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I just say that my favorite? I think <laughs> with hands down, my what favorite, were your overall thoughts on it? I absolutely yes, adored this book. Mine. I thought this. I, I can't read. Like read you, it. Uh, to, to, to quote you, I like fucked up shit. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. I can't like, wait to actually go on. And I tell you, the turning point for me because I'm reading, I'm going, this is really good. I'm really enjoying it, but it wasn't moving me in that sense. It was, it was a good read, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm, and I'm going through it. The moment it turned for me yes. when I when I actually went. This is genius. Mm-hmm. Was actually an issue in volume two. Mm-hmm. It was actually uh, where in the life. entire thing is written as one of his pieces, yes. and it's about mm-hmm. the cryogenic head. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, about yeah. bringing her back to mm-hmm. life and all the other stuff that's mm-hmm. going on, and then basically just spitting her out into the world and, 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 and not being able to cope. That's, um, and I'm yeah, glad that's you one of my favorite that. issues. Actually, I've always that moment, I've always and I just I'm in, and that's kind of why you made us read the second volume as well. I've always been said like, like people always say, "What kind of would you like to make a movie of?" and 
my dream would be to make a movie of this. And I, I've always said I'd open it with that a 10-minute scene of the yeah, cryogenic yeah, yeah, free yeah. and you'd follow her into the future kind of like Fry and you'd well, spin the, off from there. The 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 thing I like about having you, and you asked us to read both, because I think if you read mm-hmm. the first volume, I would have got the impression that this could very quickly get, this is why yeah. I'm glad you brought it up, mm. David. That's exactly that why If you'd read I, the first volume, you'd get the impression yeah. this could quick, very quickly get repetitive. Yes. It could just be this excessive... Uh, violent, sexual, like just someone who threw in all these things because they could. And this was originally put out under the Helix imprint mm-hmm. and then moved to uh, Vertigo. Uh, so it was it was the kind of, it was a playground for, for whatever goes mm-hmm. at that stage. And in fact, I think in the introduction to Volume 1, uh, there's an introduction by, is it Garth Ennis? I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. It is Garth mm-hmm. Ennis. And apparently, like Warren Ellis was just worried, like the first issue dropped and the sales weren't huge. Mm-hmm. And he was just thought, well, that's it. And Garth was like, "No, don't worry. Word will spread about this, and it mm. will get a, it'll get an audience." And it, sure enough, it did. But I think there was a danger in those first few issues of it just becoming this repetitive, you know, uh, 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 you know, Gonzo journalist of the future. And that's and all it, it would have been. Point, it's mm. a point that um, that Dave made. He said, "In the, by the second volume, it becomes much more episodic," mm-hmm. and mm. I think that saves it. Yeah, because mm. you get to tell. And even though there's continuation, continuating mm. things throughout them, each one is kind of standalone. And you explore that world. Yeah, you explore and you get to that see world, more about what's one going of, on. I really love that issue where it's his, Shannon, mm. uh, her boyfriend, she said, oh, he's going to kill himself. Mm. And uh, he's going to yeah. go. And it actually turns lips. out, yeah, he's, 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 he's basically what they call downloading himself to computer. He turns into effectively a fog. Oh, it turns um, into, basically, effectively gets downloaded into nanites. Nanites, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and it's this thing, and it's like a, another thing that people mm. can do. Uh, yeah. You know, mm. in the future, it's a different form of, and there's lots of parallels with like, uh, with, with the transhumans, like with transgenders, and, and there's a choice that people are making to, to transform their body and, and how become something else. freaking funny was the episode where he, there was the issue where he decides to watch TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that is, is one of yeah. the funniest things it I've read. It is brilliant because the whole so thing long. is him on the ca- on the couch, on yeah. the sofa. And, they're all, and everybody who talk, he talks to goes, are you crazy? <laughs> Nobody <Yeah>. does that. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of thing. It's like, it's like Hunter Thompson. It's, yeah. He's the only sane person in the room. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He orders himself yeah. the shoes because yeah. I can walk on water. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And there's the advertisement for, I think they're called Air Jesus. Air, Air Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, by, by Nike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, then he's, and he's in. And the next time we see him, he's in full robes, wearing the edgy. Yeah, and then, he, and then he just starts what calling in to talk shows. Yes, and then, they all start yeah. like and then that becomes the news that you yeah. know uh, that Spider Jerusalem has been harassing <laughs> talk. Shows. He's like, he's like, I've become my worst enemy. I've become the television. I've become the news. Yeah. Yeah. I've become the news. Yeah. And I think this was great. There's this great line in it where it's like uh, journalism is like a gun. You just have to point it in the right direction. Yeah. You know, and that's well, speaking of guns, he's yeah. always armed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but never with uh, automatic guns or anything. Never with uh, not automatic, but bullets. Yeah, no. it's always like a song that will make you shit your pants. No, wonder, yeah, uh, always, and, and Shannon yeah. actually says a bowel disruptor. Point, goes, what is your yeah. obsession with bowel movements? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's got all this well, great, it's got this great like future future tech stuff in it, like um like a gas that you can emit that will start recording in a room. Yeah, you know, and like all sorts of things like that. But yeah, like, he's got this obsession, this this fecal obsession in the first <laughs> half of the thing, and then when when well you know pardon the pun, but when shit goes down in the in the second half of Lust for Life, he hides out in a portal loop. One of my one fa- of my favorite lines. They have to cut him out. Yeah. One of my favorite lines is after he's gone through talking and he, you know, he's finally got connected, he sits back and he just goes, hey, this is kind of nice in here. Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, the reservation issue. Oh, the oh, reservation yeah. issue was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. When they have to like strip him down and yeah. like inject, del- inject him and delouse him so we can go into these reservations <laughs> that have not been touched by the outside world. Because one of them is like the ancient Aztecs. And, and he witnesses the beheading. Yeah, <laughs> and it's basically they're making all the same mistakes. The Aztec, this civilized, this is like the the fourth time they've tried to run this experiment here, and I love it. And, I, and you're right because all this future tech, all these, it is, it is Futurama. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that remotely at all because Futurama will often go off to a planet where they've mm. just you know recreated everything and it, it's Star Trek basically yeah. or something. And this is what this is. And I want to. It's like sixty issues all up yep. for this, and I want to read mm. them straight through. Like when yeah. I only. It, um, it pretty way. much stays the way it is if you combine these two books. It, it it's partly episodic and then it's partly ongoing and it, yeah. yeah. I I but I it's all it's this. always like taking journalistic things as like elections and 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like well, that, he, he's, yeah. his famous thing was that he wrote a book on about elections. Mm-hmm. But there's like, I can't remember if it's the first or second arc where he confronts the president. Yeah, that'd uh, be in with the, the aforementioned yeah. gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> might be in the first arc. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think that's fairly early on. In oh, yeah, he just goes to use a men's room. Mm. Yeah, and the president's. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you where you're learning about something or, or you're learning how to approach media, how to think yes. about media, yeah. but through like the most awesome shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, this would this would actually like it make, would it would be an amazing like yes like thing you know yeah like a, in media studies or something like that mm. you could use this yeah and look let's talk about Derek Robertson. Mm-hmm. Uh, who oh, who Derek Robertson, I think, is half of it. Is half is half of the reason this works. It's, it's totally a 50-50 split. Yeah. If you're talking about this the massive detail. world, yeah, yeah, like when they do that, there's the whole a whole issue where they go because uh, I think Spider's looking for an article, so he's like, "I'll do something about religion." And they go to a religion like convention. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. And what he's is dressed it? like Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what is it? It's like it's basically like San Diego Comic Con, but it's all about religion. religion. You know? Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. I love that scene because there's so much detail in the background, and everything's like there's, there's this realism and this cartooniness to it. And and the parallel I can think of is there's an artist Steve Purcell who does the Sam and mm-hmm. Max stuff. Yeah. But in in that that black and white stuff from the '80s that he was doing that you'd had these two cartoony characters in, in the front, which is Sam and Max, a dog and a rabbit, but you had these amazing, like, just huge uh, uh, montages in the background of all this crazy shit that's going on. Mm. The other, the other- and, and that is kind of like what any scene that Spider-Jerusalem walks into. Well, and that's the other, par- the other parallel. Because yeah. like, remember I said to you from the very beginning, I said, did this artist ever do work for 2000 AD? AD yeah. Because it feels, which, yeah. there are certain panels in this where it feels like a Judge Dredd mm. comic. It's so, it's like that minutia so, of yeah. detail, you know? In the background, you know, when you read Judge Dredd, this every sign mm. is readable and every piece of trash is on the street and so forth. It and just it, feels it, like a real world. It like they does. designed it a whole like city. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it's it's just a magnificent. And like, book. it's also kind of like really touching in, in unexpected parts, especially later on as you guys go through the series. Like layers and layers of Spider get reeled back, mm. and you learn more about his origins and his history and why he is so angry and why he is so volatile against the government and yeah. things like that and so it becomes quite sweet towards the end unexpectedly and you know yeah. there's a lot of territory that it covers you know and I'm keen yeah. to, to learn more about him because he is again it's that danger of him becoming a caricature of himself mm. if, if, if he sort of goes down this path but I think that's that's the uh, the beautiful thing about a comic mm. book that you can uh, you can peel back those layers I just wanted to quickly mention that Derek Robertson we have dealt with his artwork before on the show and happy Mm-hmm. Uh, that he did with Grant Morrison, of course. and he did um, um, he did uh, most of the boys. He did most of the boys with Garth Ennis, yeah, and he did also did an X Men run uh, alongside. Um, uh, I think he did. Well, he did. A, he was offered the opportunity to relaunch Wolverine with Greg Rucker. Uh, but I think he did a run on the X Men with Rucker. That would have been a team and a half. I think, yeah, I think you'd be hard pressed to find something more creative in comics. It it is. It's it, so it, it's, it's unique. The, the, it's, the originality yeah. and the, the the imagination is just insane. Every panel, every page, there's something that you know, like the foglets alone, are just a crazy yeah. idea. And that's just and then one to bring issue. them back later because later on there's an issue where they're walking down the street and there's a foglet just yeah, hanging, just hanging out in the yeah. street yeah. and making flowers for kids. Yes, yeah. yeah. And the world's so important because that's what makes you just want to you want to know everything about this world. You just want to live there, you know. And then on top of that, the articles you want more of the articles you want to you would love to read Spider's books. You know, you would. Mm. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I mean, you you could actually publish a whole mm. like essay book of like you know fear. Uh, and, I hate it here. <laughs> yeah, I hate it here. Or yeah. you know, fear and fear and yeah. loathing in yeah. whatever the name. There's one is. called like waking up and I'm drowning. I think was another one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love it. I will. Now let's talk about the two faced cat. Love uh, the two faced oh, cat. Yeah. The smoking yeah. two faced yeah. cat. <laughs> and um, Stompanato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Uh, oh, the oh, bulldog cop. Yeah, yeah Stompanato. Stompanato is very. And and the thing that turns out without a head that claims to be his child. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah what's the line there? It's like, I know you've done some terrible things in your life, Spider. I just assumed you would have a headless child. Yeah. <laughs> it is laugh it out did. loud funny. It is, it is. It is gut, gut. I was reading this yeah. on the bus, making quite a, <laughs> quite, quite a spectacle of myself and looking behind me occasionally going, you can't see this, can you? <laughs> no, look, this is... Uh, it's the fucking power of art. The power of the word, man. David, the I'm going to... power gonna, of comics. I'm going to go without a question and say <laughs> that this is... This is Comics 101. Damn straight it is. Damn jiggity. Damn jiggity. This is... the. 
one of the highest recommends I've got. And thank you, Dave, for finally making us read this book. No, and I'm that, so that's happy what this show is about, it. is about discovery. It would have been so. very weird if you guys didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> After the show, David, I'll tell you much <laughs> how much I actually hate it. Don't tell Dave, though. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David. Can I actually you... read it years ago. I'm just pretending. I <laughs> can you reintroduce us to uh, an old girl friend of ours? I think she's right here. Hey, girl. How you doing? Last week we were talking about my uh, history of Green Arrow series, and we're talking about what I was going to do next with my life. And uh, <laughs> I actually put it out on our Facebook page and asked people what they thought we should do next. And I, because one person had suggested that we do a history of Black Canary, which I thought, yeah, to make a nice companion piece. So I asked, what would and you I like to do? And I personally asked for Doctor Strange. And I said, well, what would you like to see us do? Black Canary, Doctor Strange, um, or Crisis Explained, a history of DC's crisis. And I said, take all my money. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, one person, uh, Graham John Parker, did say, can I just point out that in the studio at the moment we've got Christmas lights flashing all around mm. us. I'm tripping like Spider Jerusalem. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> uh, one, Graham John Parker did say to us, Doctor Strange, it might help uh, convince me that Benedict Cumberbatch isn't a terrible choice for the role. <laughs> and three people like that, so that's interesting. But the rest of the uh, responses went as follows. Uh, Eddie Dufresne said, explain the freaking crisis. Uh, and I got four likes on it. John Friswell just said, crisis. Uh, Matthew Kay just said, definitely the crisis stuff. DC in the 80s said to, and, and they, they, seem, they seem to have a vested interest in this, said, crisis explained would be a really good topic. Even if DC in the 80s can't even explain crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Mann said, I know all the crisis stuff, love it, and would still like to see it written down. Uh, and I, I responded with, I'm sensing a crisis vibe here uh, and then uh, Eddie Dufresne event also responded with Crisis will be very helpful given DC's list of upcoming books which of course Convergence seems to be leading us back to Crisis again so I think very 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 much uh, we should talk about uh, Crisis coming up in the next thing so I've already started planning Crisis Explained as my next <laughs> God knows how long. And I'm freaking out because David's filming me or taking a photo while I'm doing this. So this is why I'm pausing in the middle of Ladies that. Ladies and gentlemen, I've taken a photo of Richard doing that last little bit in front of the Christmas lights. I'll put it on the Facebook page for you. I, I had no idea what was going on there. It's like David just sneaks around the side and he's got he's put his giant freaking phone out. <laughs> This giant pink thing comes out of his pocket. I, know, was, I didn't know what to expect. He was waving his dick in my face. I don't know what you were saying. I think it's safe to say. We all got I know is he reached into his episode. pants and started waving this big red thing at me. So that's all I know. That's all I know. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, next week, we will be doing our Christmas special, which would hopefully be a little cleaner, but probably not because we're doing We Krampus. weren't clean today, were we? We weren't oh. clean. We weren't clean We today. were doing Met Transmetropolitan, mm. so there was no chance. We didn't give two tugs of a dead dog. <laughs> and um, I just I put out for a high five there, and, and Dave just gave the softest. Well, because I was the like, we're recording, like it's going to sound. We're going to hear. Yeah, you. it did sound like this. Yeah, yeah. Thank hey. you. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging, dude. We're doing Krampus next week. This is the Image Comics Krampus. There's lots of different Krampus. Hopefully, it's comics. better than last year's Christmas. Book. We have not had luck with Christmas. What was books, last year's? Was that which was last Christmas. So it was the last. It was it's called thing, Last Christmas, it was the and it was the Santa Claus zombie drunk thing. And, oh. yeah. and we haven't. Well, we had. We had Noel first. Year. Noel was the first. And then one Father we did. Christmas. And oh, we did. That's right. Father we did. Christmas, Christmas was last year. That was good. That yeah. was good. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. one before that was a disaster. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. We couldn't finish. The this year our, yeah, right. Is this our fourth Christmas on the yeah. show? Wow. wow. Four Christmases. Guys. Wow. So this <laughs> is Christmas. <laughs> See that next week. So this is this War is the. If you want to find this, you can get this on the Image website. Uh, Krampus by Brian Joins and uh, Dean Cotts. So uh, this is go, go and check it out. I haven't read it. Uh, I haven't read yet, it yet either. But so. uh, I'll be looking forward to it. It's a four-ish, no, five-issue miniseries. Uh, it's it's the most Christmassy book we've done this year. <laughs> uh, but if you've got it's anything, the most Christmassy book we've done since Nancy Goes to Hell. Okay. And then of course after that we're going to be doing our our run up of the year. If you want to leave us your favorite books this year or any of the favorite books we've done. Uh, we'd really like to hear from you because we'll we'll throw those into the mix. Actually, it also remind us what came out. This what year. came out this year? I've tried to to remember, but it's I've made a list, but who knows? I'm checking it twice. 
Going to find out which books have been naughty. <laughs> which have been nice. nice. Uh, if you want to lend us... Nice, nice, nice. If you want to let us uh, know anything that you've been reading this year that you've liked and just want to throw that in, we'll, we'll read those out on, on the final show of the year. Feedback at BehindThePanels.net is our email address. Of course, you can go to Facebook where most people went to this week. It's Facebook.com slash BehindThePanels. Or, of course, just hit us up on Twitter if you can confine your, your things to 140 characters or less uh, or you at don't, Behind the Panels. Or if you don't want to type things and you just want to say it... Yeah. You can leave us a voicemail at, at Sydney number 02-8011-4167 or use the Skype ID geek, actually, all one word. You don't need to friend us for it. You just make a dial. And we actually really want you to do that because we can just play those on the show. Absolutely. So just do that. Do it. And if you're not do doing it, it now. Now. No, not right now. <laughs> no, now, listen to now. the end of the episode, which is about a minute and a <laughs> half away. Then do it. Then do it. <laughs> so Krampus is next week. You can find me online at Twitter at DVD Bits. Of course, you can find me at BehindThePanels.net. And the other podcast I do, which is Podcast Pillow Fort, which is at podcastpillowfort.com. David. You can find more of me at geekactually.com, which hosts all of said podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, or on Twitter uh, at David McVeigh. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Longo. Fantastic. I well, think the- you didn't renew the lease. <laughs> I, I, I've still got a few days. I think I might do it. Do it for Why Christmas, not? David. Yeah. Who, how else am I going to get free movie tickets? <laughs> <laughs> Literally the only reason behind the uh, the, uh, the real bits is still yeah, alive, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, <laughs> I... Hobbit, Hobbit in Hobbit. a week. Oh, seeing Hobbit next week. Oh, and by the way, I should mention that uh, our postal details are actually on geekactually.com. We are accepting Christmas presents. Yes, if you want to send us a Christmas present. You know, we're, we're thinking of uh, doing a little campaign for donations next year, but we'll talk about that next week when we talk about where we might be traveling to uh, next year, where you can see us live. But until then, I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm Poe Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and this has probably been Behind the Panels. <laughs>